welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Um, the waning days of summer. Uh, it's starting to starting to depress me. This time of year always depresses me. It's like, you know, you you get to the bar and you get a drink, you know, and as soon as you got your drink in your hand, they're like, last call. And you're like, what? I just got, I just got here. I just got this. Like, I just was getting a good you know, you get tan, you get used to summer, and it's like, nope, it's over, it's done. Uh, we're gonna get cold again. So sitting there, tears falling into your glasses. Boys <sighs> of Summer plays on the jukebox. I know. I know. <laughs> like, I didn't get, I didn't get enough Hot Girl Summer this summer. I think. <laughs> um, so funny, funny story. Uh, I was watching TV last night. It was about two in the morning. And uh, I, I noticed there's like a like set of headlights that's sitting at the intersection. That's there's like a like a stoplight right next to my house, right? Like only like two houses down, and I can see it out of my window. And after what like ten o'clock or so, it's like flashing yellow one direction, flashing red the other. And I could tell this car's been sitting there for like forever, right? And I, I kind of look closer and realize it's a, it's a police SUV. And then I realize there's another one right across the street, and then another one rolls up. And I'm like, oh, they're staging for something like they're they're getting ready to, to go catch somebody. Right. Uh, and if you recall, about four weeks ago, right before we were recording, um, there was a, a shooting right outside my house across the other side of the park. And I heard the shots, people running, screaming it was, it was terrible. And they haven't made any arrests on it. Right. So everybody in the neighborhood has been really on edge since then because they know there could still be a killer in the neighborhood running loose. Um, so then I'm, I'm starting to think like, Oh, if, if they're, if they're looking for that guy or, you know, or any armed suspect, like there might be shots. Right. So I like turned my light off and I was kind of like crouching down while I'm trying to watch <laughs> TV. And it was ironic because I just started watching the wire last night for oh, the first oh, time. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like one of those shows. It was, it was so huge. And it, like, you've heard so many things. It's like, it's an iceberg and you know, you're going to hit it eventually. It's just, you, you know, it's going to damage you really bad. So you're kind of trying to put it off as long as possible. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, I just kind of jumped into it. I'm like, Oh, I'm sitting here watching the wire while there's like a, a, a half a squadron of police staging right outside my house. And I'm like crouching down. Cause I'm worried, you know, <laughs> if, if, if like gunshots start going off, I'm, I'm within, you know, Within Omar's the coming. line of fire, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, uh, I, knew, I knew it was going to be good too. Uh, the Wire, and I, I'm, I'm only like like three episodes in so far, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's just, it's like we're so used to anthology shows now. It's hard to remember how prolific and different that show was and Sopranos was back in the you know late '90s, early 2000s, when there there just weren't anthology series like that there just weren't prestige tv shows really i mean on you know like it like that was the first time like shows started to look like movies like on tv where it was like yeah a viable Um, alternative for filmmakers and actors like movie actors to go back to tv it's like it it really is amazing and then now we're to the point where we're we're getting major major talent that's signing up for shows like this where you you know you got like the trailer for the mandalorian came out and people are probably more excited about that than they are about the last tri- Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> so they had to like, oh shit, we got to put quick put out like a new Star Wars film so people for- don't forget about that. Like so, everyone's like, yeah. oh, Darth Ray, she's got the fucking double sided thing. And we we um, we were talking last night about some of our theories for that. I don't know if we this is really the venue for it, but uh, yeah, everyone's kind of like, well, what's what's the deal with Darth Ray and the double double sided red lightsaber? And I kind of. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna do something that people will 
probably not like with that, but will be better than some of the theories. Like, I, I don't think it's just going to be like a force vision, you know, like that's too big of yeah. a reveal to just be like a, a, a passing little like, oh, that wasn't real. real lame. Yeah. 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 Well, so and, and you know, we'll talk about more about the Star Wars thing because we're going to end up doing coverage of the Mandalorian when it comes out every week. Um, we think it's going to be released. Yeah, I mean, as long as it doesn't suck, we'll, we'll we'll do the first episode at least. I would I would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah, I would I would say. Well, I, I'm excited because it, I mean, one, the cast is fucking incredible. Uh, two, it's the same director of photography that shot Rogue One, which I thought was probably mm-hmm. the best photograph of all Star Wars films. Uh, using really shallow depth of field is is something that I think you should be doing as a director of photography. You look at like the prequels every detail is in focus in every single shot and it's distracting and it looks yeah, fake it looks like and it fucking looks garbage. It looks yeah. like shit. Right. But that's like when you're someone like, you know, George Lucas, you're like, Oh, well we animated all this stuff in the background. You want to be able to see every little fucking thing. And that's, that's not the way that stuff looks. It doesn't look good. You, you look at, um, God, what's the guy, the guy that, uh, Roger Deakins, Roger Deakins is to want to, bunch of oscars right and you look at the way that he mm-hmm. shoots stuff and it's almost almost like he's trying to deliberately hide as much background detail and and like where you would put the camera is not where he's gonna put the camera he's gonna put it like where the best place to tell the story not necessarily what looks the best and by doing that you you do actually make it look better honestly yeah but we'll talk more about the, you know, if we do the, we'll, we're probably going to do Mandalorian coverage and Watchmen coverage. So on the Mandalorian epi- uh, episode and or series that we're going to end up doing, uh, I'm sure we'll talk all about like the next Star Wars movie as well and the news coming out about that and et cetera, et cetera. And we'll probably review that once it comes out because it comes out like two months after the Mandalorian premieres. So, you know, it'll be it'll be out as that's still running. Uh, in, in its inaugural season. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about the politics because I think, you know, the, the people that are like, why is Star Wars getting political? It's like, it's always been political. It's, always, it's about a bunch of fucking space Nazis. <laughs> why is this show about yeah, rebe- people <laughs> rebelling against this evil empire? How, why are they getting political all of a sudden? God. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's, that's really amazing. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, obviously Watchmen was, was originally written as a very political commentary about you know the world and about comic books you know the the inherent politics of comic books it's always been there as well yeah and patriotism military there's a lot of thematic shit in that series and the the new series looks like it's gonna lean heavily on stuff like that so it'll be interesting yeah um, I, but i didn't ha- so yeah. oh, i was gonna say I, just, I didn't have a lot of interest in it from the the teaser trailer because it just it didn't really reveal much and then the last trailer that came out, I was like, "Oh, it's it's about a lot more. There's a lot more mm-hmm. to this, right?" So that's, yeah. that that one got me a lot more excited. Yeah, no, for sure, same. Yeah, so uh, I guess we should get into the news of the week. Got a lot of stuff we want to hit. Um, of course, we should talk about uh, the one story that's on everyone's mind, and that is, of course, bed bugs, uh, because <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Um, Brett Stevens is is one of the biggest pieces of shit on the planet. He's a writer for the New York Times, which is, you know, laughable in itself because he's clearing house for shitheads. Yeah, he's a fucking climate denier. He's a racist Islamophobe. He's just the worst of the worst conservative, but he doesn't like Trump. So he's the token never Trump Republican for the for the New York Times. Um, 
just a real shitty all around person. Uh, and he, and he's very much an elitist, uh, you know, he's very much a member of the Washington elites, like in the, in the way that he carries himself and the way that he thinks of himself. So this is a guy that constantly talks about free speech and about how the left is trying to stifle free speech and, you know, constantly railing about safe spaces and talking at, uh, you know, college campuses about shit like, you know, he's a typical grifter, uh, from the right wing talking about free speech and safe spaces and oh what little fucking snowflakes well, you know I, I would say young leftists it, are he really believes all that bullshit which would kind of you know different differentiate himself from a lot of grifters where they just kind of co- they co-opt whatever they're pretending to put out there but uh he he's certainly disingenuous with almost everything that i've seen uh, that he's written yeah yeah, for sure. So um, <laughs> this week, he uh, he really stepped. Well, actually, before before we get into what he did this week, do you have any kind of the headlines from his uh, his some of his past uh, highlights? Yeah, there was one in particular. It was very brief, but it really it it packaged his mentality very well. And it was from a few years ago, and it it was just our the title was our moderate Muslim problem, and. I mean, just just the framing of that, just the Sam Harris mentality, like our meaning that that we we're normal. All of us that aren't Muslims or or Arabs, we're all together and we have a problem. We collectively have a problem and it's it's Muslims or or even moderate Muslims. Right. Are a problem. And I didn't read the whole things. It's, of course, behind a paywall at at, New York Times. But just that 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 sense of othering somebody or a group of people based on their religion like that. And, and saying that those types, those people, them, they, right. They're the problem for us, the normal people mm-hmm. they have to deal with them. And here's what I think about it. You know, it, it's, it is, it's just racist. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's the it's, casual liberal racism. I don't know if he identifies as liberal, but it, it's exactly. He's, yeah. He's neoliberal essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's typical white, you know, neoliberal bullshit. Uh, where they, you know, like you were saying before we went on air, just the kind of Sam Harris, like, you know, casual racism of like, oh, well, I'm enlightened, but, you know, it's those 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 uh, dangerous Muslims. They're the real ones you have to worry about. Like, it's just, you know, it's fucking nonsense. Yeah, it is. Um, it, like, I, God, you know, there, there was that episode of um, Real Time with Bill Maher where um, Ben Affleck so wonderfully kicked Bill Maher and Sam Harris's asses at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we'll never be invited back ever again because of he has, <laughs> has not been invited back in three years since then. He used to be on all the time. Yeah. 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 But it was great. It was just, he was like, all right, I'm going to, uh, this is going to be my last time. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to fucking Batman's going to kick your ass. Bill Maher. Sam Harris. <laughs> I didn't think he went in with an intention. They he just they were on the panel and they started spouting their Islamophobia, and he was just like, "What the fuck are you people talking about? Like, this is super yeah. racist." Like, what? and Bill Maher hates being uh, shown as the fucking right winger that he is because he never you know brings people back on that make him look like a right winger. Exactly. Um, exactly. I hope he had a few drinks before he went on there. Ben Affleck, who uh, of course <laughs> is now uh, uh, struggling with alcoholism, so not not oh, to make light of that, guy. but. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, putting a ton of work into trying to make like a, like the, the best Batman, you know, and then have the studios just yank it away from you and be like, nope, sorry, we're not going to, we're not going to keep doing something good that we had. So yeah, 
And 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 just to clarify, and I I know we talked about this off air. He was in some fairly awful movies as Batman, but I don't think anyone w- who's objectively looking at it would say that it was his fault. He was no. Everybody, everybody, everybody was like, <laughs> exactly. Everyone was like, I remember all the all the fans said like, Ben Affleck is Batman. Fuck that. And then they watched those movies that weren't even that good. But they were like, mm-hmm. shit, I can't believe Ben Affleck was the best part of these movies. Yeah, and it just everything else was awful. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I, and I was really looking forward to his Batman movie because he's actually a great writer and director you know gone girl fucking um the town great great fucking movies argo really good even though some people would say it's problematic about the way that it kind of you know lionizes the cia a little bit and but you know what it's 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 just an interesting thriller that so do all the marvel fucking movies i know that shit too but yeah but in any event um yeah, so uh, Brett Stevens, this this fucking guy. So apparently, there's a bed bugs issue at the New York Times in in their newsroom. There's there's like bed bugs in the newsroom, which I didn't know was a thing. I thought they only like were on beds, but I guess they could be anywhere. Um, but so they have a bed bug infestation in in the newsroom, uh, and someone tweeted out, uh, you know, breaking their bed bugs in the New York Times news newsroom. So this guy, uh, Dave Karf, uh, small Twitter account. He had like 5,000 followers before all this shit went down. Uh, quote tweeted that and tweeted out, uh, the, beg- the bed bugs are a metaphor. The bed bugs are Brett Stevens. Um, just a funny, innocuous comment, you know, from this guy. Uh, he's a professor at George Washington University. Uh, so Brett Stevens uh, saw this. And he, by the way, he didn't at Brett Stevens. So Brett Stevens vanity searched his own name came across this tweet that had one retweet and nine likes at the time of of his uh meltdown um and not instead of responding on twitter brett stevens emailed this guy and cc'd the provost of george washington university so he like literally snitched to this guy's boss and this is the fucking email that brett stevens wrote this this is what mr free speech and no safe spaces wrote to to this professor uh dear dr carf Someone just pointed out a tweet that you wrote about me calling me a, quote, bedbug. I'm often amazed about the things that supposedly decent people are prepared to say about other people, people that they've never met on Twitter. I think you've set a new standard. I would welcome the opportunity for you to come to my own. Wait, no, it gets so much better. I, w- I would welcome the opportunity for you to come to my home, meet my wife and kids, talk to us for a few minutes, and then call me a bed bug to my face. That would take some genuine courage and intellectual integrity on your part. I promise to be courteous no matter what you have to say. Maybe it will make you feel better about yourself. Please consider this a standing invitation. Uh, you are more than welcome to bring your significant other. Uh, cordially, Brett Stevens. <laughs> So of course this 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 uh, you know in in typical um, Streisand effect uh, fashion this blew up on on Twitter really big this week and uh, especially once the professor um, shared the email so people could actually see what he what he'd said uh, and then instantly it was like I, I tweeted this out I'm like okay he's going to be called this for the rest of his life. Right, because he's, he's you forever Brett Bug Stevens. Yeah, yeah, it's like Cuomo flipping out about whatever the what was the word he got called? Fredo. Fredo. Yeah, Fredo. It's a fucking uh, insult. That's a fucking. That's like yeah. the N word to our people. What are you? We, you fucking Italian people. It bothers you. They're like, gotcha, 
got you, you motherfucker, you fucking bed bug. I, I, I think my first response was like, well, clearly Stevens has read Kafka, uh, Kafka's Metamorphosis, and waking up a bed bug must be his like existential fear. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's like, it, it, oh, and by the way, after 24 hours, uh, Brett Stevens, uh, very indignant, uh, you know, just outraged, uh, like, rage quit, quit Twitter and, and put his, <laughs> his account down, which he's done before. He wrote an op-ed in 2017 about how he was leaving Twitter forever. So he's a fucking liar, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's just, it's like the the projection. That's that's the amazing part is the projection. Because if you look through some of the stuff he's written, it, it's really just like he he's done the same thing all the time. Um, do you actually have the audio of him? Like, I, I have the audio, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this, this is amazing that he... Total white privilege here where this guy who thinks he's like above, a, a you know, even a white professor, he's like, I'm better than you, you know. But the, he has this little fucking meltdown, throws his temper tantrum, adult male, and that quits his account and then gets invited on MSNBC to talk about it. like To cry about about yeah. somebody saying a mean thing. That, fucking you imagine... White male tears, Just, I swear to God. We're not at all famous, and we've been called 15 times worse things on Twitter, like, uh, like, uh, constantly. Like, it, can you imagine just being upset by somebody calling you a bed bug? Like, how fucking unbelievably fragile and, and, and like, tiny you have to be. But so, here, all right. So, here, well, he is a bed bug, so he is pretty tiny. So, here's the audio from his clip on uh, MSNBC, and then we'll, we'll talk about it some more. I also copied his provost uh, on the note. People are uh, upset about this. I want to be clear. I had no intention whatsoever to get him in any kind of professional trouble. But it is the case at the New York Times and other institutions that uh, people should be aware, managers should be aware of the way in which managers. their people, their professors or journalists uh, interact with the rest of the world. That's certainly the case. Um, is that the worst thing that you have ever been called on social media? <laughs> there's, a, there's a bad history of being called, uh, of being analogized to insects that goes back to a lot of totalitarian regimes in the past. Oh, oh, oh. So, so, so the guy that called him a bed bug was being a Nazi. That's, that's the implication. That's the implication so, from Brett Stevens, who wrote a fucking article about Palestinians calling them mosquitoes. That's, right. that's, that's, yeah. So, you know, Brett so Stevens just, is so. Just to read that, that one line again. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. quote was There's a bad history of being analogized to insects that goes back to a lot of totalitarian regimes of in the past. Which he literally called an entire group of people who are being oppressed and ethnically cleansed by the apartheid state of Israel, referred to them as mosquitoes because they're trapped in amber and stuck in the past or something like that. It's like they still live there. What what, what do you think they're supposed to do? You fucking insect. Yeah. So he's a fucking piece of garbage uh, and, and a little bitch and he will forever be Brett Bug Stevens. And uh, yeah, so... Great job, asshole. You just you you totally made it way worse for yourself instead of just ignoring the comment that had one like and uh not Seriously. or one retweet and nine likes. I mean, my God. It it was fucking unreal. It, 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 you, the you fragility. Know, called it vanity searching your own name. Absolutely. Like you're a big important media guy and you're he's so fragile about his image that he's like searching, you know, searching out these things. That's that, that's that's the worst thing. Like if you're consciously looking for every criticism of you. You're going to drive yourself crazy, right? Because it's out there. If you're a public figure, which any op-ed writer of the New York Times is certainly a public figure, uh, you know, why do that to yourself? 
You know, just yeah. let people say shit and be who you are. But he can't because he knows deep down inside he is insignificant. And that's why any attack on his ego, it just drives him fucking crazy. Drives him up a wall the way only a bed bug can climb. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a fucking joke. Not not, not to make light of bed bugs, though, because there there was a story in the news uh, several years ago I read where uh, a a woman um, who had this really bad bed bug problem in her apartment uh, went insane. Right. Because they, they bite you in your sleep and it wait, it hurts and it wakes you up and they'll just keep biting you and biting you once they know where you are. Uh, it, so it's like really it's like it's a big fucking. Deal. Oh, it's a horrible thing to deal with. Yeah. And if you're sure. covered with bug bites and you also can't sleep, you just like you start going crazy without sleep. And apparently she like had she read online somewhere that you can get rid of them if you just like turn your oven up all the way and leave like cups of gasoline on the um, floor. And what? <laughs> she ended up burning down the entire apartment building because of it. And they, the, in the, this, this was in Detroit and they interviewed some of the other people who live in the building who also lost their home because the whole fucking building was lost. And they were like, they completely empathized with her. Right. <laughs> like they, they <laughs> all knew how fucking crazy bed bugs can make you go. I, I'm uh, sorry, but who, who, who gave her this advice and was it legitimate <sighs> advice to actually get rid of bed bugs? Cause that I, seems like, I don't even want to speculate. I don't even want to look it up because I'm just <laughs> the like, fucking I'm anarchist like, I'll, cookbook. I'll put, <laughs> like, Seriously, like, right. just just put highly <laughs> flammable liquid in a room and elevate the heat to 200 degrees. I can't imagine. Just what put might some like, wrong. just put some like, you know, sweating dynamite uh, on your on your coffee table, and you know, <laughs> try not to drop anything on it. That'll get rid of the bed. Yeah, like, yeah. Or, or, no, I think I think what it was is like if you put um, cups of gasoline. Uh, around the bottoms of your bedpost and they wouldn't be able to climb up onto it. But apparently that's not true because they can also jump. Right. So it, it uh, uh, who knows what actually happened, but that's, that's what she did. And people who lost their entire life, everything they ever owned uh, in their home were like, yeah, that's kind of not her fault. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so they, they were like, it, it fucking make it go crazy. Christ. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, some good news because Bernie fucking Sanders is absolutely surging in the polls right now. Uh, You know, we've been saying for months and months and months that these polls that they've been putting out are total bullshit. We, you know, when you actually look at the crosstabs, they way oversample older voters and the younger voters that they are sampling are younger voters with landlines, which I'm sure tend to be more skew more conservative anyway. Uh, you know, very few. What they have to do is extrapolate because they can't find a big enough sample size of, uh, you know, 18, 34 year olds who have landlines. So they'll pull the 10 that they get a hold of and then they'll extrapolate that for, you know, 500 people or whatever the pulling, you know, kind of metrics are based on population. So, right, right. Well, in the 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 last one um, that that came out, I think you were going to kind of cut into this, but uh was was so revealing like they even though they're trying to do everything they can to suppress how popular bernie is that when it was revealed that um basically bernie and biden and elizabeth warren are in a statistical tie the guy who did the poll went on a tirade and like issued a disclaimer because he was so pissed off at the results (laughs) yeah well no no so okay so yeah so in the the new national monmouth poll uh which is a dnc approved poll so you know (laughs) how could that that, be a thing how could you just like decide which polls are approved or not 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it's so you can make sure that, you know, people like Tulsi don't make the debates because you only approve polls that she's not going to do well in. Right. Um, but so <clears throat> in the new uh, Monmouth poll, uh, Bernie Sanders, number one, 20 percent, up six from the month before. Elizabeth Warren tied for one, 20 percent, up five from the month before. Joe Biden, 19 percent. Down 13 points from the month before. <laughs> Kamala Harris is still, you know, floundering at 8%, uh, way down from her at some point, like 20%, 18%. She was up pretty high. Uh, Cory Booker's up too, and, you know, yada, yada. But <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So the establishment shit their pants about this. They literally had segments on on cnn talking about how this is an outlier no they only poll 300 people that's literally their methodology for every poll that they use and it's I mean, been just, just this this guy to the yeah pat patrick something i forget his name but uh, i mean imagine doing a poll and then you know like cheer cheering the results you think you're going to get ahead of time which with this guy actually did he was like you know oh all the bernie bros are gonna are, are getting scared of my new poll coming out because they're they're afraid of the results and then it comes out and you shit the bed and then diss on your own poll that you conducted that's how that's how pathological their hatred for bernie is is that they will literally besmirch their own reputation as a polling firm which is literally all that they have to make money because biden's fucking staff or whoever calls him up and says you better print a fucking retraction you better print a a disclaimer for this like that's unfucking real that this poll this monmouth poll which usually polls about 300 people every poll you know, same same exact methodology, same exact sampling size has been showing Biden consistently in the lead. All of a sudden show, shows a surge for Bernie. And it's like, oh, well, clearly we're an outlier. But, you know, David Sirota pointed out uh, it's really not an outlier because the Monmouth poll had Bernie at about tw- had, had Bernie at 20 percent. The economist YouGov poll that came out uh, last week has Biden at 22 percent. Bernie at 19%, only three points behind Biden. So right around 20%. Uh, Warren at 17%, Harris at 8%, same as that other poll. Uh, The Emerson poll, uh, which is really heavily uh, leaning towards Biden consistently, has Biden at 31%, Bernie at 24%. The, what's what's this other poll? The echelon, Echelon poll. Bernie at 19%, Biden at 30%. So Bernie has been around 20% in almost every one of these polls. So the only thing that they're, uh, you know, aghast about is is that Joe Biden is all of a sudden sliding in the polls. But it's undeniable that he's sliding in the polls. And when you look at him open his fucking mouth, it's pretty obvious why. I mean, that you know, he's he's sliding in the polls because his brain is sliding out his ears. (laughs) Sliding out of his fucking skull. I I did a a little, just because I was, I saw that um, somebody tweeted something about Biden, but it wasn't clear what they were referring to. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, what do you do this time? So I just hopped onto uh, onto Google and the top three news items today uh, for for Joe Biden um, was that he completely fabricated a story about trying to pin like the Medal of Freedom on some soldier, the soldier like absolutely refusing to do it because it was to rescue someone's, uh, you know, some soldier's dead body from the battlefield, uh, which the person he said it was was wrong. 
he wasn't the one doing the medal. It was Obama. And like, he wasn't even actually there. He completely just made this shit up. He, he compiled like three stories, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. And they won't even just call him a, a liar because they know that he just doesn't know. Right. It, it was he he said, this is the quote. This is the God's truth. Biden said, uh, as he told the story, my word as a Biden. Like his name is a fucking recognizable brand enough that he thinks that people, you know. Yeah, and then the next next line of the story is, except almost every detail of the story appears to be incorrect. <laughs> so they fucking, I mean, <laughs> it's just unimaginable. To, so, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, listen to this ridiculous headline about that story, too. As he campaigned, and this is how fucking disgustingly conciliatory the media is to Joe Biden. As he campaigns for president, Joe Biden tells a moving but false story uh, about uh, I'm sorry, a moving but false war story. Yeah, it can't be moving, both. but fa- yeah, no, it's a fucking lot. Like, what do you what do you mean a moving? That's how th- they're just so deferential to him that they have to fucking just try to make it seem like he's his heart's in the right place. But he's yeah. no, he's a disingenuous motherfucker. He's he's never been real in public. He's a every, every time he is real and reveals who he really is, he's awful. He's he's to the right of everyone in the Democratic Party and a good chunk of the Republican Party. I mean, I don't so, know what the fuck he needs to do to. He, I mean, he's got nowhere to go. They they pulled him out of the fucking retirement, in a, you know, out of desperation. They they thought he could stop Bernie, and it's not happening. Um, you know, as as we've remarked on several times, Joe, this is the third time Joe Biden's ran for president, and the last two times he got between I think point four percent and four percent was the highest he ever mm-hmm. climbed. Right. Um, so when I was, uh, doing a search for Biden, I also just, you know, when you want to check and see like what suggested searches come up, right. When you start typing. So I typed in is Joe Biden. That's all I typed in. And I just want to read off like the, the top, whatever, eight or nine results that popped up. Is Joe (laughs) Biden a Democrat? Is Joe Biden dead? Is Maybe. Joe Biden is Joe Biden running for 2020? Okay, normal. Is Joe Biden a veteran? Uh, is Joe Biden a Republican? <laughs> was yes. was the fifth search result? Uh, is Joe Biden married? Is Joe Biden ready for president 2020? Is Joe Biden sick? Followed by <laughs> is Joe Biden ill? And then the last <laughs> is is Joe Biden left handed? So that's that's <laughs> four out of the top what nine results that are like is there something seriously wrong with this guy? And then uh, someone else posted on Twitter that, uh, or on uh, DuckDuckGo, when you search for it, one of the results in the top five was, uh, is Joe Biden a child molester? (laughs) Yes. The answer to all of those questions, of course, is yes. And um, so so here's just uh, the latest in uh, Joe Biden's melting brain that, you know, our weekly segment that we're doing here. Um, This is him on CNN uh, earlier today. This came out, actually. Uh, apparently Joe Biden cannot remember Barack Obama's name. And I have two clips to illustrate that. Uh, the man that he worked with for eight years, literally the entire focus of his entire campaign is, Hey, I'm Obama's guy. You should love me. I, you know, Obama picked me. I mean, Biden tweeted out the, the Obama BFF bracelet. So that this is, this is his (laughs) best friend in the world. Yeah. So this, this, this is him trying to say, uh, the former president's name. That's exactly what Brock and I talked about in the beginning. Play that one more time. I talked about in the beginning. That's exactly what Brock and I talked about in the beginning. That's what uh, Rap Rock and, and him talked about in the beginning. Rap Rock. Rap yeah. Rock. Like, yeah. yeah, so I didn't know that the former president was uh, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> it was Fred Durst, yeah. Fred Durst, former president of the United States. 
maybe a less militaristic president than Obama. Who knows? <laughs> but he's a vegan, so he's got that going for him. <laughs> really? But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Vegan? I never would have thought yeah. that one. That's got to be I know, right? probably like like health problems and was forced to do it like Bill Clinton. His, like his music shitty, but he's actually not as bad of a guy as people give make, give him a rap for. Like personally, but you know he, he can't help that he has shitty music. But you know. So, um yeah. no, I didn't know that, but I'm sure somewhere in my closet I've got like a, a rolled up Limp Biscuit poster still from back when Oh yeah, of course. They we all were, fucking love Limp Biscuit back in the day. You know? Decent for that first album. I feel like they yeah, covered nineteen ninety nine just a few months ago. <laughs> God damn. Um yeah, so uh here's uh another clip of Biden uh from last week, uh or from this week rather. Uh, once again, forgetting President Barack Obama's name, uh, the man that he served with for eight years in the White House and constantly brings up anytime he's challenged on his record. Because they invaded another country and uh, annexed a significant portion of it called Crimea. Right. He's saying that it was President, my boss, it was his fault. This- President, my boss. President my boss he cannot remember barack obama's name and that's not because he doesn't remember who barack obama is it's because he is having caught there is cognitive degeneration in his brain and like this is really just elder abuse at this point that they're forcing him to fucking run but he's they know he's the only one who's leading bernie in the polls but like this is getting fucking insane I mean, what the fuck does he have to like shit his pants on on the debate stage for them to say, all right, like we 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 give up, like we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna put Joe in a home and we'll put all of our weight behind Elizabeth Warren, whoever whoever else we think can be Bernie, you know that's that'll be their next strategy. But I mean, this is just fucking diabolical. I mean, this is it, it's awful. Well, you I feel know, bad they, almost if he wasn't such a piece of shit and wasn't you know gonna oh fucking yeah no he, he's he's the most right wing out of all of them, and you know I actually. Like, like back when he was VP, I did sort of defend him a little bit because some of the things he said that were actual gaffes were honestly like harmless things, right? Now they're not so harmless, right? Like now mm-hmm. they're they're evidence of something really being wrong with him, right? And it's yeah. not just like we're worried like, oh, if he's president, he's going to fucking, you know, accidentally nuke someone and forget which country it was. You know, it's like that's not what we're worried about. We're just worried that like he <sighs> – you know, he can't do the job, right? No, he's not and mentally been, fit. No, he's not mentally fit. And it's, I mean, compared to Trump, <laughs> Trump looks like he's got a fucking handle on shit. That's, honestly. that's, somebody said that today. Uh, a, a leftist said that today. And I, I, for a second, I was like, no. But then I was like, oh my God, you're right. He makes Trump look mentally competent. Like Trump literally looks sharp compared to him. Like you hear Trump talk on a daily basis and Trump's a fucking moron and he's clearly like sundowning at times. But, he is a lot more coherent on a consistent basis than Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden can't get through a sentence without slurring. And that's the fucking guy we're going to put up against this cult of personality, fucking fascist maniac. Like that's, that's the fucking, that's the move. Like it, no. we're, we're so fucking doomed. Like if that's, if that's yeah, the move right now, we've got fires all over the globe. This is the hottest summer since we started recording temperature. You know, Bernie's got a plan. Green New Deal, which obviously it's not entirely just his because, you know, the Green Party was the first party to really float the idea of a Green New Deal. Uh, but it's been built on. I think he got it, you know, the mainstream. So good for Bernie. It's making um, it palatable. We, we don't have time to fuck around. And the, 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 
the caps and the third ways and all these fucking centrists are literally playing games with our life to stop the guy who's got a, a solution to help save the world. Right. So it so, costs them their jobs. That's like the only reason that they're fucking doing this. It even cost them their fucking jobs. They just might make a little bit less money or they might, yeah. I mean, they might have to change jobs, right? Like they, they'll do anything to stop him where, you know, it, it, it does make me worry that if they can't stop him electorally, that like they'll, they'll just go back to the JFK solution. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the other concern. Well, so yeah, I mean, the, 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 the thing that worries me about that is his lack of militarism. I mean, which I love and that's what, you know, like, you know, and of course I think he could be better on that, but he's by far the best of the democratic candidates running right now, you know, of the, the major top tier ones. Um, but that's what they really don't fucking like. And that's where, like, the CIA gets involved. Like, when you start talking about pulling troops out or you start talking about de-escalation or, you know, like like de-escalation with Cuba, like, that's really what fucked Kennedy over. Like, you know, like, you, don't, right. you, don't, you don't talk about not starting a war. Like, that shit is, like, grounds for, oh, yeah, well, we'll just find someone who will. Like, you know, that's right. that's where you right. really got to worry think, about that. I think Bernie's smarter than that. Like, he, he, he'll probably do the Jimmy Carter thing where it's like, you, you leave everything intact, but you never use it, right? I mean, the CIA is mm-hmm. going to do its own thing regardless. But, uh, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Carter is probably the only president uh, in the last 100 years that didn't use the military for anything. Yeah. Which they probably hated, just like sitting around bored, like, oh, we don't have any fucking brown people to kill. Um, but yeah, I, speaking of other candidates running, I was a little bit, just a tiny bit sad to see uh, Kristen Gildebrand go. Um, mostly because I still haven't gotten my whiskey date with her, which uh, she aver- <laughs> she advertised. And the way that she was sort of like wink, like winking and smiling with that little whiskey in her hand, like you just just felt like she was looking at me, you know? Um <laughs> <laughs> but she she actually, when she was up on the debates, like had some decent shit to say. Um, she yeah, was and she's a poser, of course. But yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's sort of fakey, but she was one of the co-sponsors of Medicare for All. I went back and watched the the clip of of all of them up at the podium, all all talking about it. And of course, you know, Bernie was the first stop, and then she kind of came after, and you know, she cited her own record of supporting the single payer option option. <laughs> Back in mm-hmm. 2008, which, of course, didn't happen. But it was still just like there was nothing in there about, you know, we have to get rid of private insurance. It was still she's one of those. She's a, I mean, she's a chameleon. She when she came into the into uh, the House, like she was in the House before she was in the Senate. She was in a super conservative district, I believe, in Staten Island or Long Island or maybe it was upstate. And she was extremely conservative. She was like a, a, a new Democrat, new Democratic caucus member, you know, which is like the new third way basically right um or the old third way i should say third way is the new <laughs> new democrats hey, can't keep a track a, of all these fucking linear, right-wingers right. i know um and, and but yeah and then all of a sudden she sees which way the wind's blowing um and now she's like progressive yeah. all of a sudden but whatever was, i mean she, she said it, some good stuff on race during the debates that i was kind of surprised at like she it wasn't just like the typical democrat id poll bullshit she was she's about, much more effective She's like yeah. a much more effective version of Hillary Clinton. Like she, she's not nearly as like uh, she, she, she can hide her her true nature a lot better than Hillary can. Put it that I, it, I, that's my read on uh, Gillibrand, which is I, why I think Hillary, she. I think she had a lot more empathy um, than maybe, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got more empathy than Hillary Clinton, right? But uh, the the way that, that <laughs> yeah. Kristen Gillibrand talked about race uh, as a as a 
white woman and talking about herself as a white woman and, and the, the, what we real white privilege is, uh, in a way that didn't sound like talking pointy. Uh, I thought it was, mm. was decent. Although at the same time though, she's also said, well, we, do, we don't need corrupt capitalism. We need uh, fair capitalism, which there's mm. no such thing, obviously. And it's just like, I, I hate that. Even Ro Khanna, Oh, I'm a progressive capitalist. And he got fucking dragged for that. So we had to change it to uh, yeah. pro growth capitalist. So it's like basically the same. Fucking thing. <laughs> it's even worse. It's like fucking hell. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It was, uh, it was pro growth progressive. Growth progressive. There we go. Yeah. That's, that's, just, that's it's just, still horrible. Like I, I hate all these fucking words. They're like the, the qualifying term that obscure the larger issue. Like, like, Oh, factory farms are bad. It's, it's like, well, what do you think the family farms do? Like they all take the cattle to the same fucking slaughterhouse, right? Like you're not, it's, it's really well, you, but like, you, a, like agriculture is in, in general is not, I think that's why people say factory farms. Cause it, it, it puts meat production in people's heads versus like, you know, a family farm sure. where they just grow corn. Well, let's and say we had the same amount of cattle wheat. and we just spread it all out to family farms instead of big, you know, industrialized yeah, farms. We would still have the, the exact same, same problem, just spread out larger. Yeah. And we have the exact same climate crisis, right? Uh, yeah. The other one is just like smart growth. I fucking hate that term. Oh, it's smart growth. Okay. Uh, I, I saw one one time, uh, intelligent gentrification. Oh, we're going <laughs> to intelligently displace people from their homes. Oh, okay. Right. Like um, intelligent design. Yeah, uh, um, oh, responsible forestry. That's always a great industry term that means nothing. Uh, Does that mean seafood? responsible deforestation, basically? Yeah, basically, we just we we planned out decades ahead of time which plots are going to get clear cut, right? So we make sure we don't do too much clear cutting at a time. If you know anything about about forestry, uh, clear cutting is illegal on federal forest land, but it's completely legal on state forest land. So what you have is, is you know, you ha- out west where you have most of the timber industry in this country, you have Republicans and Democrats uniting to, to lobby to get federal forest land turned over to state control so they can clear cut it and not have to replant anything at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So people that say, oh, you can't clear cut anymore. That's not true. That's just fucking false. You see that a lot, actually, where there are gigantic parks that end up being state parks, and you're like, this should be a fucking... Like, that's a lot, even in New York. And I'm like, why is this not a national park? Like, the, like right. It, but And that's probably why, because it's a lot easier to, to fuck around when it's a state park versus a national park. I think they even had to put part of the Spectra pipeline through some state parks, which I'm sure if that, they were national parks would be a much bigger hurdle for them to clear right. uh, in New York State, if, you know, so... Yeah, you get any, you get anything through state legislature. You, I mean, that's sure. that's that Alec got so much shit done for so long because people just didn't know who they were. Nobody pays attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and, and state legislatures, by and large, are conservative Republicans. You know, and and it's because yeah. again, the 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 strategy of failure that Democrats have at the national level is the same strategy they have at the state level. They're really <laughs> bad at winning elections because they don't run on things that the working class want. They go, Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a red district. So I have to try to be a right winger. And it's like, no, because they, yeah. if the right wingers are going to vote for the actual right winger, not the, the fake, you know, uh, bl- uh, purple Democrat, they, they will vote for you when you are, to the left, where you should be on issues they care about. What is eighty percent? Eighty percent Democrats are in support of Green New Deal, right? It, it's it, what seventy percent support Medicare for all, even when you are going to take away their private insurance. If you actually frame it that way, 
See, well, I don't know what you're talking about because uh, Joe Donnelly and Claire McCaskill easily won re-election in 2018. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, I, I think your I think your your logic is flawed there. But uh, oh we should just move on. Because, no. um, just the idea yeah. that, that you bomb an election and then your your reward is that you get to go tell everyone how to run their campaigns on. Yeah, broadcast you go on TV television. and talk about how the left is gonna lose is gonna lose <sighs> elections because they're going for too far to the left. You lost your fucking election in a yeah. state that voted 63% to raise the minimum wage. You lost that fucking election. Hey, so I, I, uh, I advocated for the Iraq war and look how that turned out. Hey, maybe I should be invited on TV as a foreign policy analyst and get to tell everyone what I think on CNN. Oh, <laughs> Christ. All right. Well, uh, Biden also this week uh, released an ad, a uh, one minute ad on his health care plan. Um, and this <laughs> is lack thereof. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually haven't heard this yet, so I'm excited this is one of the most disingenuous uh, tactics I've ever seen. So Joe Biden has long used his son who, you know, tragically died of cancer as a political prop. I mean, he's that like, let's be fucking real. Like he uses him and his death, which I'm sure he was extremely sad about. I'm not, you know, trying to say he wasn't, but he uses it as a political prop because he's an yeah. extremely craven, disgusting he, person. Has, exactly. He, he cites his dead son, Bo. Uh, it is probably as often as Megan McCain cites her dead father, my father. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so here, <laughs> so here's fucking, here's Joe Biden's new ad on healthcare and listen to this disingenuous shit that he equates in this ad. I was sworn into the United States Senate next to a hospital bed. My wife and daughter had been killed in a car crash and lying in that bed were my two surviving little boys. I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if we didn't have the health care they needed immediately. Forty years later, one of those little boys, my son Bo, was diagnosed with terminal cancer and given only months to live. I can't fathom what would have happened if the insurance companies had said for the last six months of his life, you're on your own. The fact of the matter is, health care is personal to me. Obamacare is personal to me. When I see the president try to tear it down and others propose to replace it and start over, that's personal to me too. We got to build on what we did because every American deserves affordable health care. I'm Joe Biden and I approve this message. So, yeah. Uh, so people trying to tear down Obamacare and start over, a.k.a. Medicare for all, which literally just gives everyone health care and does nothing to remove the current system of Obamacare that we have in place until it's implemented. So it's just a total fucking it's, lie that, you know, Hillary Clinton started in 2015. It's so craven. It's unfucking real how craven ridiculous. that is. He says in there, like, I couldn't imagine if my my family didn't have the life saving health care that they got at the time. Well, Joe. Right now, 29 million Americans don't have access at all to the life-saving health care that you were afforded, right? So he's literally saying, well, I, I got plan mine, leaves 10 so million you... people out still. <laughs> right, right. And, it, you know, it's just the argument that, you know, to make sure that people that have health care get to keep their health care, we have to make sure that millions and millions of Americans never get health care. Like, it's just fucking insane. It's just childish and insane. And everyone who's an adult knows better. It's just they don't want to lose the profits. 
That's all it is. I was arguing with a guy today who was who, who was under a, a, a third way tweet, uh, you know, basically saying that you know Medicare for all is a, a, a losing uh, strategy, even though every poll shows that it's wildly popular. When you explain to people that everything will be covered, there's no premiums, there's no copay, it's like everything is covered. Then they're like, oh, okay, well, <clears throat> why didn't someone tell me that before? It's like, well, because you're being lied to. This guy was arguing; <laughs> he was he, he was trying to pull the old uh, oh they have they have uh, waiting lists in countries with single payer. It's like, I, I have a stepfather right now who's been going through round after round of chemo and had to have like a, a, a bone marrow transplant. And even with the coverage he has, which partially was, was covered through, um, yeah, you know, whatever his, his work healthcare was, but also still had to find outside funding for it. Cause it's like half a million dollars. Even that it was like, he, he had to, to get the, the surgery scheduled. He had to schedule that four months in advance here. Right. So it like you still have to fucking plan it ahead of time. It's not like suddenly if everyone can go to the doctor. Oh, there's too many people going to the doctor now. I can't I can't get into the hospital. I got to wait. It's it's, like it's preposterous. Childish. It's preposterous. I mean, you can't get an an appointment with a GP for months if you're trying to start like, you know, if if you move and you're trying to to start it like a new, you know, doctor's office. Good luck trying to make a fucking appointment in the next, you know, three, four months. Like, it just doesn't fucking happen. Scheduling non-emergency surgery, you're always going to have to do that months in advance. Because it's, you know, the idea that, you know, suddenly if everyone can go to the doctor that like, oh, there'll be a, you know, a a lack of, there'll be the, the demand for doctors will go through the roof. It's like, don't, you know, we have guaranteed insurance, socialized insurance, but the healthcare industry is not being socialized. Right. So if if the market for the actual healthcare can't, uh, you know, adapt to all the higher demand, then it almost makes it sound like capitalism is not really based on supply and demand and can't actually meet the <laughs> needs of people is what they're it's actually weird. saying. It's weird. It's weird because, yeah, that's 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 weird. Um, no, but yeah. And, and, and it's ridiculous. Of course, it's preposterous. Uh, you know, all of these countries that have some form of universal health care, you go to the fucking doctor when you need to and you go to the emergency room when you need to and you know what happens you get fucking seen and you know what else happens when you leave you don't get a five thousand dollar bill because you decide to to take an ambulance because you didn't feel like you're healthy enough to drive to the hospital like that doesn't fucking happen in those countries you know what happens you fucking uh, sign a piece of paper and you leave like that's what happens I live um, just a couple of miles from a, a major hospital, and every once in a while, if I'm riding by to my bike, I'll see the the air ambulance, you know, either coming in to land or take off. And it's uh, you know, to ride in a helicopter, you know, air ambulance that's costs about uh, I think it's about one fifth the cost of the helicopter itself. So for like five rides on that helicopter, you could buy the fucking helicopter. <laughs> it's that expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just total fucking inflation and, you know, it's insane. For-profit healthcare system is fucking insane, which is why nobody does it other than us. Like, no, no, you know, no major country with major healthcare infrastructure does it except the United States because we've just completely given ourselves over to capitalism and we have no uh, fucking inroads to even question the systems that have been built for, you know, decades. And it's like people like Joe fucking Biden who put on a, you know, smiling face and everyone's like, Oh, Hey, you know, it's, it's crazy. Uncle Joe, he's funny and he's Obama's buddy and blah, blah, blah. And he's just only fucking there to protect the private healthcare insurance, uh, the private healthcare industry, the private banking industry, 
you know, private prisons, fucking the fossil fuel, any horrible industry you can imagine. He's there to put a nice face on it. Same way Obama did. So, you know, if you if you really think that supporting Joe Biden is the best option because he's the most, quote unquote, electable. And of course, that's, again, not at all true. You know, Bernie polls just as well as Biden does against Trump. And Biden is wildly unpopular with the left wing uh, flank of the base. And nobody from the left is going to vote for fucking Joe Biden. going to lose again. But, you know, <laughs> just. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sick of talking about Joe Biden, but he's just... He, he, and by the way, in that that's an ad that his campaign released. He's fucking slurring his words in that ad. It's a it's a pre-recorded ad. Like, it's not a live ad. It's not a live read. Like, that yeah, was the best it, take they had. It's probably like Clint Eastwood, you know, when he directs a movie where he only shoots one take of things. And he's like, ah, it's good enough. Perfect. Perfect take right there. I don't have time to do a bunch of takes. I got a hair plug Wait, appointment. I got to go. Yeah, exactly. It's ugh. you look at pictures of him back in the 80s when he was just like, like fucking so much less hair. hair. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. So just, weird. Like, I'm glad he got the plugs, I guess. But it's just ugh, it's still still gross to look at that guy. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's crazy because I don't it's like nobody it's people are just they're going to vote for him again out of fear because they have this misconception that somehow he's more electable because he used to be the vice president. Right. And, and they just have no concept of what the base of the party actually wants. The working class base of the party wants, you know, something material. You're not offering them yeah. anything. If, if, if we were, you know, I was on a, another podcast recently called uh, Dumb and Awful. Uh, great bunch of guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, we, we were uh, talking about this and kind of the consensus was, you know, at, at least the, the reason why fascism works is because they understand the material conditions and then figure out how to veer people to the far right. You know, they, they at least understand what the people want. Uh, mm -hmm. They offer them a false solution, obviously, with with blaming it on on minorities and and everything else. Um, but they at least understand the problem. Whereas centrists, yeah. they they won't acknowledge the problem exists, or they just say, "Well, it's it's okay, it's okay." And trying to change the problem uh, might not work, so we better not try. Yeah, that's that's Tucker Carlson's strategy, you know, to a T. Is like for a long time, people were like, "Oh yeah, Tucker Carlson's actually, you know, speaking out against the one percent and things like that." And it took a while for people to realize, or well, for some people to realize that no, he was just trying to do exactly what you said. It's 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 fascism one hundred and one. It's diagnose the actual issues with society and bring people right to the precipice, and then point them in the completely wrong direction. Yeah. And, you know, like that's that's really the way that fascists operate. And it's that's how they did it in Germany in the 30s. And that's how they're fucking doing it in the U.S. in the, in the 2016 in 2019. And, and, then, and then if anything, you know, FDR understood that to combat that you have to offer an alternate solution. You can't just mm -hmm. be neutral. Right. But now you've got centrists and liberals that are like, well, let's let's hear let's hear those people out. Let's give them a platform. Let's let's bring uh, Richard Spencer on on the air and see, hear what he has to say. And if we don't agree with him, we can defeat him in the marketplace of ideas. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's the kind of fucking garbage that they spew. Um, yeah. Well, so speaking of garbage, uh, one other story I wanted to touch on briefly this week is uh, another story related to Bernie, because. Uh, the Washington Post has this 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 absolute fucking douche weasel Glenn Kessler who uh, is their fact checker, 
I, I use that term very loosely. I can um, hear you. I can hear your air quotes. My air, I, I literally did that. But like, yeah, even though I know no one could see them. Uh, I have very so, sensitive hearing. <laughs> heard the whoosh of the air next to my uh, finger. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Glenn Kessler is their fact checker. And he uh, just is always writing bullshit. You know, this is the same shit that you see out of places like PolitiFact. It's like, well, mostly true. Or, you know, mislead, like they, they editorialize in their quote unquote fact checking. Like if, if somebody, if Bernie Sanders says 500,000 people a year go bankrupt because of medical, go bankrupt because of medical bills or, you know, are, are, are forced into medical bankruptcy. Uh, what you would say is, huh, where'd you get that stat from? And you would go look. And if he actually cited a statistic from a provable study there's no way you can call that a false stat. Now you could say, well, his conclusion. I, I mean, technically it was false because actually it was 530,000, not 500,000. Yeah, yeah. Now he actually literally underplayed gotcha, how many. Bernie. Gotcha. Yeah. So the, the fucking, this dickhead, Glenn Kessler writes this article about how Bernie Sanders misleads on, on his, um, <clears throat> 500,000, uh, <laughs> medical bankruptcies a year. Uh, and he basically did a lot of hand wringing and like, you know, uh, really like, like, oh, well, you know, the study, the, this, this article wasn't peer reviewed and all this, this other shit, uh, even though Bernie was citing a Harvard professor's study, um, this guy, uh, David Himmelstein, who uh, published this study based on statistics. Uh, and, and so Glenn Kessler gave him three Pinocchios, which is is mostly false in their scale of I think it's out of five Pinocchios, whatever it is, um, saying that that claim wasn't true. So, of course, it is true. People looked into the study. It is true. And uh, David Himmelstein, the professor uh, who wrote this study, was so outraged by uh, Glenn Kessler's fucking garbage journalism that he sent uh, this letter to the editor, I guess, at the Washington Post. Your Washington Post, quote-unquote, fact-checker, he also used quotes, uh, article, falsely claimed that my article in the American Journal of Public Health had not undergone peer review. While some other editorials that appear in that journal may not undergo such review, as indicated in the email included below that I received from the editor-in-chief of the journal, mine clearly did. Your false claim has besmirched my reputation as a scholar. I demand that you publicly retract it and the rest of your article and that you pursue vigorous efforts to inform readers of your error. David Himmelstein. And he attaches a line from the fucking review that says, Dear Dr. David Himmelstein, your submitted paper has undergone peer review. And then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So his art. So it's literally not fucking true. Uh, but Glenn Kessler just, he can't fucking help himself. Like, so this is what Glenn Kessler tweeted in response to this letter from that professor. This is false. Article did not say it was not peer reviewed. We quote an editor saying that the quote unquote editorial did not undergo the same peer reviewed editing process as a research article, but noted it, it used methodology similar to what researchers used in a 2005 peer reviewed study. Now, can you, I mean, can you fucking trip over yourself doing more fucking word salad, you know, uh, 
just twist twists to do to justify that fucking article like it it's unreal like the shit that he that he's trying to do to justify his atrocious fucking journalism you know it, it's just again it's fucking the washington post which is owned by jeff bezos the richest man in the world fucking hates bernie sanders because bernie sanders cost jeff bezos a lot of money and will cost him a lot more money if he gets elected president uh and it's just like so obvious that they fucking have a, an extreme bias against Bernie Sanders. And they have for years, ever since Bezos bought the fucking paper. Like it's super fucking obvious to anyone I'm with sure a brain. It started before that. Yeah. I mean, it, no, it's sure. just, well, he wasn't it, really a prominent <laughs> figure before that, but I'm sure he, it sure. would have. Yeah. They're, they're Washington elites. So, you know, uh, all corporate media hates Bernie. Um, uh, we talked about this a million times. But they really fucking hate Bernie. Like they're, they're really no, they, bad. They, they, you're right. They can't help themselves and they can't help but show their, their bias. You know, when you really hate someone and their ideology, that's one thing. But when it's going to affect your own pocketbook and your whole thing is being rich and powerful and controlling the media and people aren't buying it and they're still going for like the, the small grassroots guy, uh, you know, Jewish socialist guy, like that's just got to fucking. I mean, Jeff Bezos has no more hair to lose, but if he did, it would all have fallen out in the last <laughs> several months. I'm sure. Yeah. Honestly. No, for sure. um, but yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. It, everyone. And, and the thing is like, I, I don't know if they realize how little influence they have over people. Right. Cause it's not like yeah. people in, in Iowa, in the heartland, in the Rust Belt, people who lost their, their livelihoods to you know, medical debt, or lost their jobs to NAFTA. Uh, it, it's like they don't read the Washington Post, or if they do, yeah. they'll read a headline or two. They're not influenced by. It. They're not going to be like, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. Oh, here, here we go, Liz Warren. Okay, great. <laughs> you know, it's it's <laughs> the there are certainly people who've been led towards Elizabeth Warren because the media is doing everything possible to to back her now. Uh, that it looks like she might be able to run, but you know, it's, we all know that if Liz Warren got the nomination that she would fucking crash and burn in front of Trump, she can't debate like even, a, even a mild slightly critical question she got on um, the breakfast club. She just was like, I, 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 you know, she can't, yeah, she started malfunctioning. She cannot handle a general election. Right. And, and they're doing everything possible to make her the, the palatable progressive to centrist. Right. And, you know, the minute they start doing that, we know she's fake. There was a great video today just of all the times that she says she backs super PAC money and dark money. She's just like, we got to we got to fight fire with fire. So we got to take all that corrupt blood money that go, comes from, like she has no qualms about that. It's, it's literally a go, Tom Perez quote. Yeah. Yeah. She's it, it, people go, oh, she's just <laughs> as progressive as Bernie. This is why I fucking hate the term progressive because it doesn't mean a fucking thing. Right. Tom you Perez. Can, you can say you're a, you're a progressive capitalist and you're, you're like, oh, they're not a real progressive, they're not a real progressive. Well, if every single one of them is not a real progressive, let them have the fucking word. Does that mean shit to me? Yeah. Well, and that's and this is literally Tom Perez orthodoxy that he, I'm sure, instills in all these awful candidates because he fucking was saying that in 2017, right after he took over at the DNC. When people, when the base of the DNC, like even like mainstream Democrats were like, guys, we got to stop taking corporate money. We need to ban corporate money, corporate lobbyist contributions to the DNC. And he kept saying, guys, we can't, we can't fight. 
we can't go to a knife fight with a spoon. We gotta, we gotta be prepared. We can't go to it. Like they, he just kept saying, we, we can't, we can't take a spoon to a knife fight. Like that was his fucking line. And that's basically what Elizabeth Warren is saying. Like, I'm going to take super corrupt money too, because the other guys take corrupt money and you know, we would be out, outmatched. God forbid we fucking run on our ideas. Like, you just made me imagine Tom Perez wearing a, a T-shirt that says we can't go to a knife fight with a spoon uh, over, <laughs> over over top of a fucking, dress shirt. Yeah, yeah, right. Just, over his dress shirt. Um, God, so I was, I was listening to uh, Kitty Halper and Matt Taibbi's podcast, The Useful Idiots, and they were. Oh, is that um, good? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's not as like bantery as as, as we are, um, but they the first thing they announced on the show was in the, on the last episode they had outperformed uh, Pod Save America, which, which Katie, <laughs> Katie said was like a lifelong goal of hers. So good for them. <laughs> uh, but they were talking about how Tom Perez was was commenting on how the DNC isn't going to allow a, a climate change debate, and he's he was basically saying like, uh, oh, we can't we can't change the rules mid campaign. It wouldn't be fair. It's like this is a fucking the 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 head of the DNC that argued in civil court that is their right to violate their own rules at any time they want to <laughs> not, even, not yep. just to change the rules, but just to flatly ignore them and, and, and basically mislead the voters into what they were actually supporting defraud their voters basically. And we all know the DNC frauds lawsuit didn't, didn't win, but it forced the DNC to have to make the argument that it's their right to be corrupt and to defraud the voters. Well, you know, uh, at least we got it out in the open. So, yeah, that's they're they're just fucking garbage. And then this week they have this climate town hall thing, uh, which is just, of course, designed to be a total clusterfuck seven hour snooze fest that nobody's going to watch because they don't want anyone scrutinizing anyone's. No, no, no. no. It's uh, choose Wednesday. What what day is the fourth? I think Wednesday. It's this week. It's on the fourth uh, of this week. It's on CNN. It's literally a seven hour series of town halls, series of 40 minute town halls. Oh, my God. So nobody's going to fucking watch. And that's their intention is because the more people right. watch, the more people see how awful Joe Biden is. But, you know, luckily, Joe Biden, I think, is going on in the eight o'clock slot. Everyone should double check that. Bernie Sanders right after him at 840. So right. that's the only silver lining is that Bernie gets to do a direct, you know, comparative response to, yeah. response to Joe Biden's awful well, climate, po- I, I, lack of I, climate plan. I keep seeing people saying, oh, once everyone sees Joe Biden and Bernie together on stage, they're going to realize. And it's like not that many people watch the debates. I'm sorry, know, but that's, like, that's like he is he is sinking in the polls, you know, but not quick enough. Right. And I, I would love for all of America to like like be forced to watch the debate and see that Joe Biden is just this this shriveled, you know, walking, barely walking corpse. But most people that like Biden aren't going to tune in to watch that most people that aren't sure about a market to watch that like we have to yeah. be the one to do that we can't just be like how can anyone still think that by like you got to talk to people you got to talk right? to your relatives you got to talk, talk to, to all them. Of your you got to show relatives. them these these clips of his incoherent slurring statements you got to show them his policies and how they don't make any fucking sense you got to remind them the fucking planet other sun fire and we don't have time for this bullshit like we you know, we got to yeah, do rumors more. largely don't care about that last point. But but but, you know, no. do, try it anyway. Try it anyway. The, the fucking the, the mental schisms that I've seen from from the, the far right or well, really anyone on the right about the Amazon fires 
to to see people in the same fucking thread say, well, actually, the uh, you know the Amazon's all been, the, the areas where the fires were are already agricultural areas. They were controlled burns, not the actual forest was burned at all, right? And and which is completely untrue. And then at the mm-hmm. same time saying, oh, the Amazon's really wet, so it can't catch on fire. Like having no clue that that fucking seasons change, you know, in the in the southern hemisphere the same as they do here, uh, which you know right now it it's winter down there and it doesn't rain nearly as much even though it is still a rainforest. Like just just the idea that it's it's this is what they always do with climate change, right? Like, well, it's not real, but if it was real, it would be good. How you can have that 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 mental schism of well, a, a thing isn't happening, but if it was happening, it's always been happening. You know, I literally Oceania cannot be has always inconven- been at war. Right, exactly. I, I literally cannot be inconvenienced by one fucking iota. So I'm going to do everything that I can to to deny and cover all my bases so that I don't have to do anything to change my lifestyle or look at the larger societal implications of the things that we've let politicians get away with. Like that's that's what that attitude is. I mean, let's you know. Let's let's be right. real about that. And then but. the other the centrists say, well, we can't take action on climate change until we convince the right that it's a problem. And it's like that's not how anything works. You never convince the people opposed to it to support it, right? You convince people that are undecided to to support it, right? Yeah. So the, their solution, what's the solution to climate change? Uh, elect Joe Biden? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no. The, the solution is we have to bury Joe Biden. We have to bury Chuck Schumer. We have to bury Nancy Pelosi and everyone that thinks like them. Right. And then because, use their bodies for fertilizer to sustainably grow crops. And, no. <laughs> exactly. Plant some fucking trees, people. Plant some trees. Yeah. No, but yeah. I, I, yeah. I just that's we really that's the people we need to reach right now is our fucking shit lib relatives that that think that Joe Biden is fine or that think that Elizabeth Warren is fine, that think that anybody but Bernie Sanders is fine. And I don't say that because, oh, it's got to be Bernie. But out of this crop, none of those fucking people will do anything. And they've made it clear through their rhetoric, through their records, through their policy proposals, through their actions that they will do fucking nothing when push comes to shove on any of these issues, including Elizabeth Warren, who talks all the time about wanting to work with Republicans and wanting to work with Democrats in Congress, although I repeat myself. And she's a capitalist to the bone. She's not going to do shit. She's already fucking waffling on her on things like Medicare for all, which means that she's willing to completely compromise, which means that'll never happen. So, you know, and and same with her. She doesn't support the, you know, the, the, the fucking Bernie's version of the Green New Deal. She has not released any kind of concrete uh, climate policy where she lays out large scale change. She's not the change candidate. She's not for systematic change. She's for making capitalism more palatable to the masses. That's her fucking goal and that's why they love her because she gets to pretend that she's the same as bernie but really she's just trying to save capitalism and bernie's yeah, actually trying, trying his coattails yeah hey so a second ago i heard your your bottle was that your new uh bernie water bottle that i just heard that is my new bernie uh ah. 2020 official <laughs> campaign yeah. reusable water bottle it's very nice, I, nice. I really you like should, you should tweet that it's out sleek. it's a very very sleek looking bottle the the, the white body with the white top that'll probably get dirty eventually but you know at least for now it looks it looks very nice pristine it's dishwasher safe so it's okay i can uh, i can always run it through but um so yeah i, I was actually kind of bummed because he the first speech he gave in this campaign he actually had a metal uh version of this and they don't sell that so i wonder if that's like going to be a late campaign addition to the store to kind of oh. <laughs> drive sales there because i really wanted one of those but this yeah. in the meantime works fine 
Um, yeah. But in any event, uh, yeah, I think we covered pretty much everything we, we wanted to get to this week. Was it uh, everything? Of course. I thought there was like one last thing that I was going to mention. Let me look at my... Oh, God damn. Okay, so former president of Iran, uh, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, uh, is on Twitter and has been oh for uh, the last <laughs> couple of years. And he is actually like, you know, was demonized here in America. But if you follow him on Twitter, you're going to see some of the most peculiar fucking things that you would never think that the <laughs> former president of Iran would be interested in. Uh, one of the things is he used to be a mayor, right? So like affordable housing was like a big fucking thing that he he implemented when he was mayor. Uh, and he actually like has some, I mean, some very regressive, very Iranian type views, uh, but also some like weird, very progressive ideas as well, especially around housing. Yeah. yeah. But I think he's just like, he's just, he's just like a regular guy and has, he's largely good, but he's just has some shit instilled in him from growing up in such a fundamentalist, you know, sure, culture. Sure. Um, but you, you, you really realize that Michael Jackson was the king of pop uh, globally when today after, you know, Mahmoud only does tweets every couple of weeks or so. Uh, and then today just randomly tweets out fucking Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was like the anniversary of his death or his birthday or some yeah. shit today. So that's which yeah. is why he did it. But still, we uh, forget that, you know, being the king of pop means like the whole world knows who you are, not just here in America. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess Mahmoud just, does not have a uh, HBO Go subscription. Apparently. <laughs> if um, he did, yeah, let's just well, leave it at that. I, I didn't watch that documentary, but I remember back when those those civil hearings went on. I remember in a, in, a, in a civil case, you only have to meet a preponderance of evidence, not beyond a reasonable doubt. And they couldn't even do that. Right. So, well, yeah, we, there don't was, I, we don't fuck. Uh, yeah. I don't want to say one way or the other because I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I look, truly don't know. I mean, look, all I'll say is allegedly before everything I'm about to say, uh, I understand that it's and I'm not saying this about you, but I know a lot of people on Twitter like very into Michael Jackson and can't imagine and think he's super innocent. Number one, I mean, you know. There was a lot of fucking smoke there. There's been smoke there since the fucking early 90s. It was tried twice. And by the way, the first trial was actually a criminal trial. The uh, they the problem in both cases, and I think they actually both were criminal trials, but then they tried them in civil court, but they couldn't because they, Did they, they couldn't get it. Yeah, but, but they, yeah. Okay. the problem right. both times was that he... Uh, people that were supposed to testify decided not to because he did a really good job of... Uh, you know, bringing forth character witnesses and people like Macaulay Culkin uh, and Macaulay Culkin. I'm sure he probably didn't molest because Macaulay Culkin was super uh, prominent. And and he figured that would be a good thing to have in his back pocket to be like, hey, look at this guy who's everyone knows and loves. And I didn't molest. And, you know, versus this right. kid who's and from a poor household. That is, that is no kind of defense to say, well, and you didn't do it to me. Like, that doesn't mean. Yeah, anything. I know. Exactly. Um, but um, but, yeah, I, I but, no, you know, but uh, in, in yeah, civil cases, I don't believe but, you can have character witnesses in a civil case. So, yes, yeah, so I think they were both criminal cases. But but he he or no. So I'm sorry. You know, at the 94 case, he actually settled, which is why it didn't go to ah. trial. And then in 2005, he was acquitted. But he got acquitted largely on the testimony of people like Wade Robeson, who is one of the people from that documentary who said that he really did love Michael. And that's why he testified on his behalf to save him, even though he knows that he personally had a relationship with Michael when he was fucking, you know, eight years old, <laughs> you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, allegedly. But I, you know, I between that and watching the fucking Martin Bashir documentary where you see him like it, 
there's a lot of fucking smoke there. That's all I'll say. But, you know, great musician. I mean, you know, there's a lot of great musicians who are really fucked up people. Like John Lennon, you know, beat his wife. Like, there's a lot of, you know, it's an unfortunate thing that being creative oftentimes leads to a lot of other demons where you, you know. (laughs) Well, we can take uh, solace in the fact that almost every one of those Michael Jackson songs that we love so much was written and arranged and performed by the great Quincy Jones. Absolutely. (laughs) Who who, who certainly, uh, you know, sowed his oats. um, (laughs) Who's certainly not a pedophile. So we can only, probably at at worst, he cheated on like all, all of his like 10 wives or whatever, but yeah, consensually, uh, probably. (laughs) That's okay. You know, you you never know back in the sixties, seventies, what was considered consensual back then. But, (laughs) uh, you know, it's, it's like, again, when you when you have a production that large, whether it's Thriller or whether it's um, you know Rosemary's Baby, right? Like there's so many other people involved <laughs> that it's never just one person, right? So it, it's like to say, well, you can never enjoy a Polanski movie, right? Or you can never enjoy a Woody Allen movie. Like you know, you might feel that way, but I I think you still can, right? Like it's the product of a lot of people's labor, not just one creepy fucking asshole, right? So yeah. I think it's harder I, I, with I, like actors who like like Kevin Sp- or just using him as an example. But like, you know, I, I think that's why people have a harder time with like th- people who are the face of something versus like sure Harvey Weinstein just put up a bunch of money. He's not a creative person. He didn't have any kind of input yeah, into like goodwill right. hunting. You know what I mean? Uh, it's different when you have to look at them, right? Yeah, like for sure. Then and it's think like, about ugh. them. Really just, well, that's what every time michael jackson comes on the radio i'm just like i love this song and i'm just like oh god but like i you know the, the kid talked about like you know showing him his butthole in that fucking documentary i'm just like i can't not think about that documentary every time i fucking hear music from him now and it really bums me out because yeah that's probably why i didn't want to watch musicians because i just didn't yeah. want to have the, the imagery of it you know and i used to be that way i used to be kind of like i go to a house party and they're playing michael jackson everyone's dancing i'm like what the fuck don't people know what he did and i'm just kind of like well maybe you know like people just don't give a shit or they, they can just divorce themselves from the the creepy asshole from they still the, play gary glitter at every sporting event you know right. in america and he's a well super pedophile so, maybe you know, maybe it just means do? that you know once it's out there in the, in the in the public commons long enough people feel like it's theirs right they feel like yeah. uh, you know like spider-man belongs to us spider-man doesn't belong to sony spider-man belongs to the people right um, don't get me started on that shit i'll fucking go off for 20 <laughs> minutes about those motherfucking you know, greedy you bastards pissed. You could be pissed about the Amazon burning and be pissed about Spider-Man. I don't think that, True. you know, you could you can be, you know, uh, upset that Amazon is burning and upset that the, the you know, that um, Note to John almost burned down. Right. Like it might be a symbol yeah. of awful stuff for some people, but it's also a simple uh, symbol of, of architecture and shared history. And it doesn't matter who you are. You can see, I've never been in Notre Dame before, but I still see that. I'm like, that's fucking amazing. I can't believe they built that thing so long ago. Architectural. And, yeah. And it's to the test of time. Cause, Cause we've lost so many pieces of architecture like that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, there's something that's a thing that, that even though it's a bunch of fucking, you know, greedy corporations trying to put their name on the reconstruction of it, it still doesn't belong to them. Right. And that's what they've always wanted to do with, with, with sort of enclosing the commons is take something that we all share and say that they own it and they have a monopoly on it. And we can't let them do that. 
right? We got to protect yeah. the things that really do belong to all of us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think on that note, uh, we can get out of here, but, um, we are, uh, on Apple podcasts. That's a good way to support the show. You can find us there. Uh, rate review and subscribe over there that helps the show out so we can uh pass pod save america in the rankings that that's really the ultimate goal of the show is to uh, reach more listeners than that awful fucking centrist garbage uh podcast i say you know very loosely um so that's on apple Podcasts. we are on soundcloud at soundcloud.com slash move left uh we are on patreon if you want to support the show that way patreon.com slash move left uh we're we have some merch available if you want to pick up any merch tinyurl.com slash move left merch you can uh, go join up over on facebook at uh, facebook.com slash move left idiots i am on twitter at move underscore left i'm on twitter at smut collector as always that's with an er not an or <laughs> and we'll see you next week